Welcome to What's the Law Say, a presentation of Legal Aid of West Virginia. I'm Clint Adams, Legal Director at Legal Aid of West Virginia. In this episode, we will be discussing TANF, the TANF program within West Virginia and West Virginia Works with Melissa Kaufman. As we love to start every program with a good old-fashioned disclaimer, because what kind of an attorney doesn't love a good disclaimer? Legal Aid of West Virginia, a nonprofit law firm, we provide legal services and advocacy to vulnerable West Virginians. This program is presented to bring relevant and current information. All the information is current at the time this podcast is published. Our guest attorneys are licensed to practice law in the state of West Virginia, and this information relates only to the law in the state of West Virginia. It's provided for informational purposes only. This information does not take the place of an attorney-client relationship. You should speak with an attorney about your specific situation. As noted, I'm Clint Adams, Legal Director here at Legal Aid of West Virginia, and I am joined by Melissa Kaufman. Melissa, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, let's talk a little bit about you first. Um, So you work in our Morgantown office. What do you do there? I am the project supervisor for our West Virginia Works project here at Legal Aid. And how long have you been with Legal Aid West Virginia? I started in 2007 as a supervising attorney in the Elkins office. And in 2019, I took this role and moved to the Morgantown Legal Aid office. A fun fact, Melissa hired me into my legal aid career, something I will never forget. I may one day forgive, but I will never forget. (laughs) (laughs) In all seriousness, it's been a a great um, place for me to work, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, But just want to have a little bit of fun with it as Melissa hired me in at the Elkins office, which is where I started my legal aid career um, in 2008. We had a a very small office there. It continues to be a small office, um, and uh, we have some good people running it now, I think, as well. Absolutely. So we are uh, excited about uh, where that's going. Uh, what do you do? Uh, we, you noted uh, that you moved to Morgantown and took a new position. Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so I took the role on as the project supervisor for the West Virginia Works Grant. Um, also, the t- also will maybe interchangeably use the word TANF. So I oversee the project, the grant, to make sure that we are meeting our requirements under the grant, making sure we're doing outreach to the community and to the Department of Health and Human Resource offices about what we're doing, um, the services we can provide. Um, I also kind of make sure that we are within the budget for the grant, make sure that we're not um, going outside the budget, and just basically meeting the needs of the staff that work under the grant as well. And you said uh, earlier you used an acronym, which we love acronyms at Legal Aid of West Virginia. We have whole lists of acronyms. We have, uh, I think, uh, I think it's called the uh, acronym uh, reference list, the ARL or something. I don't know, but we have <laughs> lots and lots of re- acronyms here at Legal Aid of West Virginia. You said TANF. That's not a word in the dictionary. What is TANF? So TANF is the temporary aid to needy families and that's something that you probably see on a more federal level um the federal government gives money to the states and then the states will develop their own program and in west virginia i think it used to be known as tanf but it is now called west virginia works and so um what west virginia works is it's the cash assistance program to families here in west virginia So when you say cash assistance, that means people are actually receiving some level of cash if they're eligible for this program? That is correct. 
how much cash are that how much cash are they getting i believe it's in the 400 range um so not enough that anybody could live on if that were their only source of income Correct. And generally, when you are getting West Virginia Works, you may also be likely to get SNAP benefits and Medicaid as well. Okay. What are SNAP? That's another. SNAP is a word in the dictionary for what it's worth, but that's not the way that you're using it in this context. What are SNAP benefits? SNAP benefits are typically known as food stamps. It's money to help purchase food for the family during the month. Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, I believe, is the acronym. You're, that's exactly right. <laughs> and as you noted, so so they'll get uh, some cash, a cash stipend, um, which is which is a fairly small amount, um, some food stamps to make sure that the family doesn't go hungry. And then what other benefits might they receive if they're eligible for West Virginia Works? They may likely be eligible for the Medicaid um, health insurance for the children, for the family. They can also be eligible um, school clothing allowance, um, utility assistance. So, you know, in the wintertime, the cost of heating a home is is very uh, expensive. So they may be able to get help with, with their heating bills. Um, there's also a 20% discount program that they can, eligible participants can get 20% discount from their gas, electric, and water companies. What are the requirements to be eligible for this? You said eligible families might be uh, eligible to get these things. What are the eligibility requirements? Well, for West Virginia Works, um, you have to meet an income test. So your income, your your household income has to be under a certain amount. Um, that's the first step of trying to be eligible for West Virginia Works. Um, the second part is that you have to be willing to complete an orientation to the program to West Virginia Works. And with the orientation, you're going to learn about available activities, um, services, and an understanding of how West Virginia Works uh, actually operates. So, for example, uh, you can only receive West Virginia Works for 60 months in your lifetime, period. So, um, once you've received it for 60 months, you will no longer be eligible for West Virginia Works. So they, they talk a little bit about that. You, you see some families that may be on it for a few months and then go off of it to preserve their benefits. So if they would need it later on, um, you have some families that, you know, given their situation, they may be on it longer. But you want to understand how much time you have and how to best, you know, maintain those benefits. So you talked about their income requirements that you have to be below a certain income. So a lot of these people actually have jobs they're working. They're just not making very much money. Is that correct? Yes. Generally, um, generally, a lot of times the, the family is not working. But yes, uh, one of the, the, the family members may be actually employed. So, so they may be working and just not making as much. They may not be able to find a job right now. Um, what if they don't have any job skills, right? What if they, you know, just graduated or or didn't graduate high school, even worse, um, and they really have no job skills? Is there anything that that program does to help with that? Absolutely. So they have educational programs which can include they can assess your situation, provide help, provide vocational training, uh, help with job skills, and um and education related to employment, um, help you kind of figure out, you know, what you need to do to get yourself ready to go into the job market. Um, if you did not graduate from high school, they may be able to help with your, you know, receiving your GED. Um, so there's a lot of things that they can help to help somebody make those steps to get to employment. 
So if someone doesn't have a job or hasn't been able to locate a job or they're making a, a fairly small income, how would they how would they know who would they contact to see if they were eligible for TANF or West Virginia Works? They should call the Department of Health and Human Resources, and there's an office for every county, so it's going to be in each county. Um, and so they would want to reach out there, or they could go online to the Department of Health and Human Resources and learn more about the programs and where to go to get to attempt to get services. Can you actually do the application online? Do you know? And if you don't know, that's fine. Um, can you actually do the application online, or do you have to go to the local office? That I'm not sure about. Okay. I know that certain, I know that, I don't know about the initial application, but I know to get recertified. So if you've applied, um, every so often they're going to relook at your, your case and determine if you're still eligible. I know that some of the things that you need to do for that, you can do online. Now, a lot of times, um, you know, having worked at Legal Aid for, for quite a while, a lot of times what we see is people that are uh, eligible for these programs because their household is in some sort of a transition. Maybe there's been, um, you know, a separation of parties. Maybe sometimes, oftentimes there's been abuse of, of one partner or there's been some sort of a disruption or people were laid off from good jobs that they may have had before. And they're going through this as a, as we noted, the first word in TANF is temporary, right? So it's as people are, are transitioning, maybe eligible for this to help them to, to provide for their basic needs and their necessities as they're trying to get back on their feet. Is, is that a, a fair statement of the program? It is. And, and there is another part of it where we have, uh, with the opioid epidemic, we've seen a lot of families take over care with, um, with other members, other family members, children. So we, there's also a component, it's the caretaker relative part of it, where if you're taking care of a child that's a family member, you may also be eligible for the West Virginia Works benefit. And, and there's different rules that would apply to that kind of situation. So, so the child is then actually the one that's eligible for the for the West Virginia Works benefit, and that can benefit the household in providing additional income to provide for that child's needs. Do I understand that? Yes. Yes, you're right. So those may be situations where um, you know maybe you have enough resources to provide for your own family's need, but suddenly your brother has uh, become addicted to something and, and now you're, you know, you've got your niece and your nephew in your house and maybe you don't have enough resources to provide for them. If that were the case, you could potentially reach out to TANF, they would determine, or West Virginia Works, they would determine if you were eligible. And if so, you may be able to bring in some additional resources to provide for those children's needs. That um, in essence, you know, you, you, while you agreed to represent them and you love them as your niece and your nephew, um, you know, you didn't plan on that initially. So that puts you in a bad situation. Exactly. And, and you have things that you're navigating. Um, if you do have children that are not your, um, direct child, you know, child, you know, you've got to consider health insurance costs, you know, um, health insurance availability through your job. If you if you're working, um, you may not be able to put them on your health insurance. Um, there's a number of things to consider. So that's where West Virginia Works may be very helpful is is helping these families who are stepping up to take care of their family members, you know, with those extra expenses. Now, we have a partnership at Legal Aid of West Virginia with West Virginia Works, and they provide us, as you noted, one of your jobs is to oversee the grant uh, that they do provide to our organization. Talk a little bit about that rationale of that grant. Um, why, why, does, why does West Virginia Works want to partner with Legal Aid of West Virginia? 
The intent behind the grant is to help individuals overcome legal obstacles so that they can go on to self empower themselves and to become self-sufficient. That's the intent is to um, to help individuals that may have some legal things that are standing in their way to being able to work or you know go to school. So we're here to help provide information and advice, assistance to those individuals. Um, examples like expungement, if you've got a criminal conviction and it's really becoming a barrier to you finding employment, if it's something that can be expunged, legal aid may be able to help with that and get that off your record, and then you'll be able to find employment. So the hope is to get people in a really good place that they can they can go back to the workforce. So the idea is there are barriers that 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 they're seeing as people come in and apply for West Virginia Works that's, that's impacting their economic uh, ability to be independent. And we at Legal Aid want to try to, as much as we can in the confines of the existing laws, right, eliminate as many of those barriers. Um, as you noted, expungement is certainly one example. I know another example may be a child custody or child support, uh, getting an order of child support. Uh, you know, the, the, if you could have a, a parent in a certain situation paying their fair share of the money that it takes to raise raise a child that can make a substantial impact on the household income and can help people to become self-sufficient as well. Exactly. And stability as well. So, you know, if you are living in an apartment and you're consistently having issues with your landlord and um, and you're having to focus on that part of the legal issue, you may not be able to go to work. You may have to, you know, it's it, it, there's a number of things that can interrupt your ability to maintain employment or or access employment. And so, that's what we're here to do is figure out what the legal issues are and see if we can help the client overcome those barriers. And if we can do that at a time when they're eligible for a benefit that keep that gives them some level of stability, it can absolutely make an impact, right? Is your if you're up to your elbows and alligators, the only thing you ever think about is alligators, right? So if you don't have enough food in your house, right? The only thing you're thinking about is getting enough food in the house. And if you can make sure that those basic needs are met, then you can set yourself up to to springboard as, you know, as 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 poverty advocates, we're familiar with Maslow's how Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that, that's going to be something that, that we would understand. Uh, but the reality is, if you're hungry, you know, nobody learns anything or gets a very good job whenever they're hungry. The only thing they're worried about then is 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 making it to the next meal. Uh, and we work uh, to eliminate some of the legal barriers on a more long-term plan to help people to uh, to advance into into better opportunities where they're no longer remaining low income and, and they're um, contributing to their household in a more meaningful way. That's right. So we talk about those. What are some other barriers that you see as people come in um, the, that are frequent cases that we see at Legal Aid of West Virginia? So we we get a variety of cases, a different different legal issues. I've seen, land, of course, the most common ones, landlord, tenant, uh, divorce, custody, child support, I've seen some estate matters come in that have made a real difference in our client's situation. If someone passes away and there's a life insurance policy, maybe there's some maybe there's some kind of barrier to get it and we work to secure that for them, that can be a huge factor in stabilizing somebody's household. We have handled consumer issues. So if you're getting calls from creditors, uh, if you have a lot of 
debt, we may want to think about bankruptcy. Is bankruptcy right for you? Is that something that might help you long term with your financial uh, situation? So those are a number of different things that we we I've seen. Expungement, as we've already discussed, we also help we can help with uh, school issues. So those are the, the, those are the types of cases that we can assist with. Really, any kind of legal issue that the DHHR wants to send to us, we're going to look at and see what we can do to help the client. I mean, as this, uh, we talk about barriers to people being able to work, what if their driver's license has been suspended or revoked? Is that a legal issue that legal aid could help with? Absolutely. So one of the things that we can do is we can help figure out what fines or records are out there keeping somebody from being able to obtain their driver's license back. So we can make calls, figure out what what what's out there, um, what all the fines are that, that would need to be paid in order to get the license back. So those are all things that we can do to try to give that to the client so that they have a clear path on what they need to do to get their driver, driver's license back. Just as, a, as an interesting antidote, and I haven't done a lot of driver's license work myself, but I took a call one time. It was a driver's license issue. Uh, we had a contact at the DMV. I emailed them. They emailed me back by that afternoon. And in that situation, um, the, the, the client had had a DUI and what didn't even know it was, it was like 20 years ago, been driving around with a, with a suspended light, hadn't been driving, actually had been not driving for like 20 years. It was the DMV like $40. I mean, it was it was a nominal amount. And his employer sure. where he was working said, it'd be a lot easier if you could drive around here. Why don't you see what it's going to take to get your license back? And at the end of the day, it was a nominal amount of a of a, of a fine and then I think a reinstatement fee um, that remained outstanding. But I think a lot of times, the point of that story is a lot of times people will think the burden is overwhelming and they'll think that it's a, a hill that's far too tall to to climb, they won't even look at it to see how tall it is. And sometimes maybe what you need to do is find out at least what you're dealing with so that you can develop a plan to get through it. And it may turn out that the, it's just a molehill and you're looking at it like it's a big giant mountain. That's right. And and a lot of times our, you have clients that come to you in a, in a they're in crisis mode. They're, they're, they're trying to do all these things. All these things are happening in their lives. And, and it's just one more thing that they would have to do. And so it's, not, it, so it's nice to be able to have an agency that will work with you to figure out what you need to do. You you know, that we would do the work for them, the legwork to figure out, okay, in this county, you owe this much, in this county, you owe this much. This is what you would need to do to get that cleared or to, to pay in full. And these programs here might be able to assist you to get your license back, depending on what, you know, what the nature of the charges or or what's showing up on your license. So it's nice, it's nice for somebody to be able to put that burden on another agency while they're trying to deal with their immediate crises. Yeah, and that's uh, some of the work that we're honored to do here at Legal Aid of West Virginia that can really cause us to make a, a positive impact as, as people are, are transitioning, um, hopefully out of poverty before too long. Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier was um, children only that are eligible for West Virginia Works. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, what impact does the household income have if the child is eligible for the West Virginia Works? Generally, under the caretaker, when you're looking at it through the caretaker relative lens, income is not going to be considered in eligibility. So if if you're a household that, that would make more than would normally be eligible, but you're caring for a child that 
uh, may be eligible, you should still contact the Department of Health and Human Resources and determine if that child may be eligible. As you noted, particularly for medical coverage and things of that nature that you may not be able to provide um, if it's a child that's not a child of, uh, you're not biologically or haven't adopted. Right. Now, what if the what if the legal need though? So so the child is eligible to receive this benefit. We partner with the DHHR. What if they send us over, but the legal need is actually the the adult in the house who may need to file a guardianship or who may desire to adopt the child? Is that something legal aid can help with? Yes, because you're, the whole point is to stabilize the home and to remove any obstacles to becoming self-sufficient. And so, you know, when you're having to worry about custody, is the parent going to come back and take the child into a dangerous situation? You you need you need to get those things stabilized. So yes, if um, the referral that comes over, maybe it's a consumer issue involving the the relative, you know, the caretaker. Um, that is fine because we want to make sure that that home is as stable as possible. And and a lot of times we get cases. You're exactly right. We'll get uh, referrals for adoptions, guardianship, maybe some school education issues if they're if the child's having trouble in school uh, and they maybe need an IEP or something like that. We can also assist with those cases. Um, but we do see a lot of guardianship and adoption referrals. And an IEP is an individualized education plan, which is something that children with certain disabilities are eligible for. Um, and, and that, as we've noted, can be something that may impact someone's employability. If they're constantly being called away from work to address issues that are happening at the school um, because of their child with a disability, that may be the underlying issue, right? We, we often say, well, you know, what's the signs and then what's causing that? And sometimes that's what we can uncover as attorneys is we can say, well, the reason that this person's having trouble keeping a, a job is they're constantly being called away to school to address issues within the school system. Maybe we need to look at that issue and see if we can tidy that up some. Yes. And and another issue that we'll um, receive a referral on is um, so let's say a grandparent has custody of their grandchildren a lot or they've adopted. They want to make sure that. Uh, if something would happen to them, if they would pass on, that that child's going to be taken care of. So a lot of times we're looking at uh, estate issues as well, estate planning, making sure that your assets go to the child that's in your care. So those, that's part of it as well. And, and those can get really tricky. And, and when it comes to estate planning, I tell everyone, you specifically need to talk with an attorney about that specific situation, because what's going on in every single situation is a little bit different. We've done a, a brief podcast kind of on some of the wills and things of that nature, uh, but those can be so tricky and so so uh, important to get right um, to, to, to give your family peace of mind. Yes, I would agree with that. So, Melissa, as you noted, uh, Legal Aid West Virginia partners with West Virginia Works. They'll send a referral over to our organization indicating here's someone who has a legal problem. Does that in any way impact the attorney-client privilege? Will Legal Aid be sharing with the state the intimate details of this client's case, or would that be something that would only be protected um, to the attorneys? When somebody is eligible for West Virginia Works, the West Virginia Works worker at the Department of Health and Human Resources will assess to see if there's any legal issues, any legal needs that that person may want to get a, a referral to legal aid for. And once they do that, they'll send the 
West Virginia Works worker will complete a referral form. The client will sign off on it and it'll get sent to legal aid, notifying us that, hey, this person, you know, would like some assistance, would like to know more about this, this and this issue. So once we get that referral, we will reach out to the to the client um, and talk with them, complete any information that we still may need. And at that point, the legal issue, what the client tells the attorney, the legal aid attorney or the paralegal or legal aid as whole is going to be client attorney privilege. And so we're not going to be sharing intimate details with the Department of Health and Human Resource uh, West Virginia works worker. Um, we do let them know we have a form that we send back that says that we we kind of give them it's more of a reassurance that we've received the referral and that we are doing something with it. So the form will say um, trying to reach the person, they're scheduled for an appointment, you know, something like that. It's it's pretty general, pretty broad, and we don't signal single out exactly what it is, but we just say, hey, we've it's essentially, hey, we've re received the referral, referral, and we're going to be working on it. So the intimate details are going to be something that that stays between legal aid and that client. So we would share just general information about the status of the referral, but we wouldn't share anything that that you would share specifically with your attorney and attorneys would be bound by the rules of professional conduct as it relates to confidentiality. And none of that would be shared with uh, any state agency just because a referral came from the state, correct? That's correct. And the if the client gives us permission to talk to the worker, then at that point we would do that for you know, the necessary reason, but the client would need to give us permission. The other thing I want to emphasize is that just because the Department of Health and Human Resources, the West Virginia Works worker, sends a referral to legal aid does not mean legal aid is going to make that client do or go through whatever was sent over. So when I say that, what I mean is um, maybe the client is thinking about a divorce. So just because the West Virginia works worker sends a referral to us for that issue does not mean that legal aid is going to make that individual file for divorce. My my what I believe is that we are here to provide legal information to what that client's rights are under the law and get, empower them to make the decision that they want to make for their family. So, for example, the divorce situation. You know, maybe the client's thinking about the divorce, but is not ready now. What my role would be is to give them the information they need, you know, talk about how divorce works in West Virginia, um, thoughts and consideration to what happens if you file for divorce. And then at that at the end of it, the client may not decide to go forward with the divorce, and that's fine. So I do want to reiterate that just because a referral is sent to legal aid does not mean we're going to make the client go forward on that legal issue. As I said, my my thoughts are our role is to provide information and advice on West Virginia law that ap uh, applies to their situation, and then they can decide what they want to do from that point on. Yeah, and I think that's a great point um, to, to make as well, because sometimes people may think, oh, well, they're going to send over a referral. I'm going to have to get a divorce now because my TANF worker or my West Virginia works worker wants me to, well, they want me to get a divorce and, and they probably don't care whether or not you get a divorce. It's just a legal issue that you may need to know more about your rights on and, and then you can make a better, more informed decision as to what's right for you and your family and how you can best, uh, you know, if a divorce is right, how you can best pursue that. Maybe a divorce isn't right at this time and you just kind of need to know what your rights are in case things um, do head that way again. So I think that's a good point.
Melissa, I don't think I have anything else to talk about with you. Do you have anything else to talk about with me? I don't think so, but I'm always happy to come back and, and talk about anything else that we think of later. Well, it was a pleasure to have you uh, on today's program, and I think this was some really beneficial information about some people that we partner with here at Legal Aid of West Virginia and the impact that we're able to make collectively through those um, those means-tested programs and through the services that we provide. So thank you for your work at Legal Aid, and thank you for taking the time to visit today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. According to the West Virginia DHHR website, the state of West Virginia's Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program called West Virginia Works is based on the two overarching goals of assisting economically dependent and at-risk families in their efforts to become self-supporting and enhancing the well-being of the child. It will also assist families near the poverty level to remain self-sufficient. West Virginia Works is designed to end the dependence of needy parents on government benefits by promoting job preparation, work and marriage, and encourage the formation and maintenance of two-parent families. Child-only cash assistance is also available regardless of the income of the parents or the relatives. To be eligible for West Virginia Works, you must be a resident of West Virginia and a U.S. citizen, legal alien, or qualified alien. You must be unemployed or underemployed and have no income or be designated as low income. You must also have a child 18 years of age or younger or be pregnant or be 18 years of age or younger and the head of your household. For families with low income, West Virginia Works has four primary eligibility requirements. Those include an income test, an asset test, attendance at orientation, and the signing of a personal responsibility contract. Those who are eligible may receive support services, which may include transportation for participation in required activities, a driver's education course, collateral expenses, clothing allowance, tools, vehicle repair, or relocation allowances, driver's license assistance, professional license. Non-cash recipients may also receive many of these same benefits. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What's the Law Say? A presentation of Legal Aid of West Virginia.